The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Cowboys Storylines with Nick Eatman. What is up? It is time for Cowboys Storyline. It's a Thursday here. I'm Nick Eatman, and we are ready to go for the storylines. Getting closer and closer, Cowboys and Giants at the Meadowlands on Sunday night. We've got a new feature on on the the website this year, DallasCowboys.com, called the 10 Spot. It's just a collection of a lot of top 10s. We've already started it this week, and today's top 10 is a rank on the best Cowboy Giants opener uh, games in in series history, and I, I think the Giants is the only team you could really do that with because obviously the the Cowboys and Giants play so many of these Week One games, so a lot of, a lot of fun memories there. Check that out, and and every day there's a different top ten. There's X factors for the game. There's going to be some game breakers. There's going to be big facts, all, all that kind of cool stuff. All right, let's hit the storylines before we go to the phone lines because I I can already hear it ringing over there, which is great. Um, Injuries is the big deal. Tyler Smith, he was um, out at practice. They, had, they moved practice a little bit earlier today. He's out there working just with, with the, uh, the the strength coaches and, and the athletic trainers trying to rehab that hamstring injury. Uh, Mike McCarthy said he believes that, that if Tyler Smith is able to do something, at least by Saturday, that they're going to give him a chance to play. This is probably going to be a game-time decision. Just gut feeling for me, just the way he was kind of moving. Uh, at first, I was thinking maybe not, but but because of the nature of the position and where he is, and he's not going to be running forty yard dashes. Uh, hopefully, uh, I think that that I think he has a chance to play. Tyler Smith. Um, the other guys, uh, Donovan Wilson did not practice today. He's not going to practice with the calf strain. Probably not going to happen for him. And then Sam Williams did some stuff. He's, he's working with the rehab group on a, a toe injury. Did a little bit more than we thought he was going to do. So it's the arrows trending up maybe for Sam Williams to play. And I'm still think Tyler Smith has a, has a shot. And Jordan Lewis was a full participant in practice yesterday. I don't know if they'll, if they'll throw him out there for this game, but at least he is practicing to the point where he he's probably going to play. If not this week, I would say next week. All right. 888. 888- 855-2297. If you're able to watch right now, you can see we, we've added that on the screen, which is great because uh, I forget the number sometimes. So right there in the text line as well, 817-290-3298. Give, give us a call. Give us a text. Whatever you want. Uh, but we're going to start with the phone lines. We're going with uh, Joe and Stanford. What's up, man? Stan- hey, good morning, brother. Good morning. Hey, so a couple things. Um, first, um, I, I, well, I was thinking about how we were going to deal with Waller, the tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, what we did with those big receivers in Tampa in the playoff game with uh, Israel Mokamu, mm-hmm. I think I think there's probably a good chance that's what our plan's going to be with Waller. That's just an observation. I think we probably will see this Sunday. Um, and then I had another thing I was thinking about. So, why do you think we kept our, our we we went long on running back and wide receiver. We kept Vaughn and uh the little guy, the return guy, the wide receiver. Turpin. Um yeah. So do you, do you think we're going to have both of those guys active every week? I don't see I don't see enough touches yeah for both of those guys and I think that Vaughn can do the return stuff. So 
I think at some point this year, we're going to have to figure out who's going to actually get more touches on offense because the, I don't think that there's enough room on the active roster for us to keep that many running backs and that many receivers, especially if we're going to use um, the the kid from North Dakota for special teams. Yeah. I appreciate the call. Good, good stuff there for sure. Let me let, let's start with the first part on tight end. I, I do think, you know, Wallers, that's going to be a, a, a matchup um, to watch because the Giants, you know, they had Evan Ingram back in the day. Now they've got Waller um, and, and, and he's a better I think he's a better tight end and he's more proven when he's healthy. He's been banged up some. But but yeah, it. it whether it's McQuamu, whether it's um, Marquise Bell, um, you know, and, and even Jaron Curse. I mean, those those guys. Because you know, w- without Donovan Wilson, I think Curse will play a little bit more safety. But but the Cowboys have some athletic safeties that will be able to play in this game and, and go you know go against the tight end. The thing about McQuamu is. He said, remember when he was drafted, he said he's going to be the best cornerback in the draft. And they said, well, that's cool, but we're moving you to safety. And he's like, oh, okay, well, then I'll be the best safety. He's got confidence, but he's got coverage skills. You know, he, he was the opposite corner to J.C. Horn at South Carolina. So uh, I think I think uh, Mokwamu has some coverage skills. Going up against a tight end is probably a good matchup. So I like that. I like where you're thinking there. Um, Vaughn and Turpin. Me personally, I've said this a thousand times in the offseason since the 49ers lost that I think that, that they just didn't have enough playmakers. So now, you know, you got playmakers. And I, if they're going to use Turpin on offense, then, yeah, I think, I think you've got some touches. I saw some things at training camp that some packages where it looks like they both were out there doing things on offense, so I think they're going to try to utilize these guys in, in space. You know, they're going to they're going to do the whole width of the field. They're going to get these little guys out there and give them the ball. I, I think there are they are going to find ways to have some some touches. And Turpin was a threat. He didn't always break the the, the long you know punt return kick return, but what he showed in that preseason game scared teams enough to they didn't always kick at him. He was a threat. Let's see if he continues to be that way. And I don't know if Deuce Vaughn's ready to be that kind of guy yet i you know i think for now i think you can uh get away with with playing both of them out there all right let's go back to the phone lines again tim in grapevine tim what's up nick good morning good morning how are you football hey football season is upon us it's here the weather the weather is finally showing signs of cooling off really so glory glory hallelujah (laughs) i think so i think this next week next week okay i got it next week i went out to practice i can still feel sweat now i'm not okay (laughs) got it all right next week though it's it's coming that's fair okay so uh two questions number one who would win in a hypothetical (laughs) the 2007 cowboys or this year's team and why and then my second question for you, and then I'll hang up. Mm-hmm. My second question is, do you think Sunday night against the Giants is the key to victory? Is it as simple as shutting down Saquon Barkley? I'm going to, before you hang up, I'm going to, because I always say this, it's not just, it's not just my show. This is a fan show. What's your, who are you taking 2007 versus 23? I, I already know my answer. So who, who are you picking? <laughs> I'm taking 2007 Cowboys regular season. The playoffs, though, obviously, you know what happened with Patrick Creighton dropping that ball. Uh-oh. The reason why I'm taking 2007, I just think Terrell Owens against – I mean, I like our defensive backs this year, but T.O. was T.O. I mean, he's a Hall yeah. of Famer for a reason. Jason Witten, Hall of Famer. 
And then Demarcus Ware was, I mean, he was a monster that year and he was such a young pup. Um, this year's team, I mean, obviously they're not second to anyone. I think that's this, this year's team is the best team I've seen since 07, but I got to take Romo in the 2017. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Thanks for the call. I, I'm going to go with 2007 as, as well. I, I think it's the best football team that I've covered since I've been with the team. Now this is my 25th year and I, I, I will put this team, uh, uh, you know, ahead of any of the others. It had 13 pro bowlers, but they were, you know, it was it was a legit 13. I mean, every across the line, everywhere you, you go, I mean, it wasn't just D Ware. Greg Ellis was the comeback player of the year that year coming off of injury, had a lot of sacks. You had Hamlin in the backfield. You had Terrence Newman. Um, you, I mean, you you had uh, the offensive line had three guys. He had two running backs that were good, Julius Jones and Marion Barber, who made the Pro Bowl. Um, if if T.O. doesn't get hurt in that Panthers game uh, late in the season, that changes everything. So I think that I think that's the best f- football team that I've covered, and that would you know from top to bottom so good. Romo, that was his first year of a starter. He had it rolling. Uh, I, I really love that that team. Uh, we'll see what this one does as well. You know, a little bit more question marks I think on the roster, running back. Even though I think they're going to be fine, just there's a little bit more question marks there. Uh, key to victory, I mean, yeah. I think anytime you shut down the team's best player, particularly at running back, it changes everything. Can they can they shut shut him down? That's the big question. But but yeah, stopping Barkley, making him a non-factor, the best that you possibly can, and just make you know make sure you limit the chunk plays. That's I think going to be the the biggest thing going on right there is just to, to limit him from from going off and making big plays. All right, let's go to the text line. I got some some uh, text messages coming in here. Um, speaking of of Tony Pollard. Um, I had one from, let's see, it was from Daniel in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Uh, he was talking about fantasy football. He said he went with his gut and drafted Tony Pollard instead of B. John Robinson. Uh, and and he's, just, he's just feeling like, you know, please reassure this Cowboy fan that I did the right thing. We're making the case that TP is going to have an unbelievably amazing season. Um, you know, I I didn't do that. Um, in, in, in my fantasy, I, I picked... Um, I picked Barkley actually over over TP, which is fine. I mean, you know, because I have I do things a little differently. You know, like I, I pick Eagles, I pick Giants. If if they if they do poorly for me, well, I lose fantasy, but maybe that helps in the big picture. But um, I always I'm always hedging the bet there. Uh, I do think Tony Pollard is going to have a good season, though. I really do. I think he's going to catch the ball. My only concern is just are they going to give him the ball in third and one at the one? That's you know that's what I want to know. Is they're going to do that, or is Dak going to take some of these touches uh, around the goal line? But as long as he's going to find the end zone and, and, and make some plays, he's going to get catches. I think he's, he's going to be fine for you. And, and the Falcons are such a wild card. Who knows about rookie running backs? I think I think you probably made the, the right choice there, especially if that's this is your team, this is who you want to win, um, then, yeah, I mean, I'm all about it right there. All right, let's go back to the um, text line. Uh, we've got this one from the five, from a Joe in uh, Mont- Montrose, Pennsylvania. Got a couple Pennsylvania here. He says, how do, you, how do you think Tyron will hold up in pass protection against the speed rushers? You know, if he can get his hands on him, he, he's still Tyron Smith. I mean, that's that's the the key for him is still being able to, you know, he's got to move the feet. I mean, we're not hearing anything out of Tyron. That's a good thing, knock on wood. Um, you know, we, we expe- didn't expect Tyler Smith to be the one banged up this week. But um, I, I still feel like Tyler's going to be be out there, and I think that, that certainly will, will help 
Tyron and vice versa uh, there at left tackle. But yeah, the Giants have some speed rushers for sure. Thibodeau's one of them, um, and and you know he's he's probably ready to to, uh, to make that big leap in, in his career. But I still feel like when when he's playing left tackle, Tyler. Tyron Smith at left tackle. I still feel like uh, he's he can be one of the best. Uh, he, he's you know once he's healthy, he's feeling good, and he's got some strength that that it doesn't go away. Okay, it's turned into grown man strength at this point because he uh, he's a little bit older in his career, uh, but he still is a very very good uh, technique wise, strength wise, and and I still think he can be a really good left tackle. Uh, certainly when he. Um, when he you know can get his hands on them and, and get these guys in check. All right, 888-855-2297. That is the phone line. You can text us at 817-290-3298. Uh, got one from Noah in Seattle, and he says, with uh, Nick Bosa's new deal with the 49ers done, does Parsons become easier? Bosa, what, five years, $170 million, $34 million a year. Um, okay, Easier, no. It's not. It's not going to be easier. I mean, it, it sets the the bar, but I mean, I don't know if that makes it easier or not. You still got to you got to get a contract for that, and it's not so much what the 49ers have. Th- think about that. What the 49ers are able to do, their quarterback's making six hundred thousand dollars right now. You know, because he that's that's where they that's where they stand with with Purdy. And so you can you can do that. Cowboys quarterback's not making that, and uh, he won't make that even next year. So they have they have you know, everyone's got their their issues, but yeah, it, this kind of sets the bar, and this is what Micah's agents probably going to be looking at and going over that. Um, I that's just natural to to, to do that, um, but. I, I don't think it's going to be easy to get him in. It, yes, it's going to be. Now we kind of know where where we're looking at, where the floor is, and uh, that that's not always going to be fun. So they you know they still have CD to get done. Um, Dak will, will will probably be done as well. So uh, it's never going to be easy to get that kind of contract into your salary cap. But yeah, I think you do kind of know what's going on here. All right, uh, we've got Lewis in Texas on the line. We're going back to the phone lines. Lewis, what's up? Hey, Nick, first of all, let me say congratulations on the show. I've been watching you a long time. Nobody deserves it. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, my question is this, and we've talked about it for a while, the offensive line. Um, I, one guy we haven't talked about, you did mention him toward the end yesterday, was T.J. Best. But my biggest concern with this offensive line is the depth, like we talked about on the show, on your show for a couple of days now. Um, do we have an update on where Tyler Smith's at? I, it's hard to get something offline. And um, my my guy to fill in that role, if they had to, he, the number one guy would be T.J. Bass. I haven't seen anybody play as well as him through the entire preseason. Yep, uh, T.J. Bass uh, is is a guy that that uh, has has been impressive, and he was one of those names when you looked at the list of free agents and you said, well, you know, he he was on draft boards. Fifth round, sixth round, three-time All Pac-12 at, at Oregon, um, and, and played different positions. So uh, it was very intriguing right off the bat that that he was going to to join this team. And anytime the draft is over, you're always thinking, okay, who are the, who are the two or three names? Because there's always going to be a few. And Hunter Lipke was one, and he made the team, and 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 uh, so did. Um, T.J. Bass and uh, I feel like there's another one there I'm missing it, but but I I do think that there was there was uh, two or three um, that that made this team. Um, 
I, I mentioned it earlier, Tyler Smith, he, he's going to do some some practicing today as far as really more individual stuff, trying to get in there, not really team. They're, 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 they're kind of holding him out until maybe Saturday's the day. Saturday we'll see what, what he can do, and there's a, a walkthrough before they get on the plane. Uh, I, I think it's going to go right up to Sunday just to see how he feels. My gut, just watching him on the cords, move, you know, a little bit of jogging, that it's Thursday now. You have a Sunday night game. I think Sunday night, and I mean, think about seven hour, eight hour difference there from playing a night from a noon game. Um, I think that, that that that'll help him. I mean, it's just a little bit more time, so I think he'll he'll be fine. And um, you know, I, I I just think that he's going to be able to play. But if he doesn't, I think they'll go with Chuma Idoga. But I'm with you there that I I kind of would like to see. With TJ Baskadu, maybe not against the Giants week one against Dexter Lawrence, but I am intrigued on what he can do. All right. Do we have another caller here? We we don't have a caller right now, so we're gonna go we're gonna go to uh, our first break. We come back, we're gonna get back on the on the calls and the text here on Cowboy Storyline. Fall is here, and that means football is back, bringing all the delicious game day foods with it. As you prep for all the big games, tailgates, and watch parties, let Yokiero be your one-stop destination for all things home gating. Yokiero's fresh, flavorful, ready-to-serve guacamole made with real Hass avocados will score taste bud touchdowns as you cheer on the Cowboys. Yokiero's wide range of mouth-watering and versatile products can be found in your local grocery store's produce or deli section. Grab some today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. SeatGeek has your back no matter what kind of Cowboys fan you are. So whether you're a diehard fan or a don't-really-care fan, a we-got-em-next-time fan or we'll-never-win-again fan, a here-for-the-tailgate fan or a first-one-through-the-gates fan, SeatGeek not only makes buying and selling tickets easier than ever before, they made just about everything else easier, too. So whether you're a here-every-week fan or haven't-been-here-in-years fan, SeatGeek has you covered. Download the SeatGeek app today. SeatGeek, your ticket to great Dallas Cowboys seats. How's Wingstop sound? Crispy, juicy, classic wings. Made to order, cooked to perfection. And sauced and tossed in those 11 soul-satisfying flavors. Paired with hand-cut seasoned fries, house-made honey mustard, blue cheese, or signature Wingstop ranch. And, of course, spicy Cajun fried corn. I think you've heard enough. Get your flavor delivered at Wingstop.com. Back, back to Cowboys Storylines. Cowboys Storyline returns here for the second part of the show. we got a few more minutes here. We'll see if we go a little overtime. That depends on you guys. You guys get some calls. We do have some calls on the line. I, I put out a, a, a tweet right before the show. I was like, hey, guys, uh, you know, here's the phone number. Call me. Be on the show. Also, give me some random Cowboy players from the past. And... Uh, uh, a few that have come in here, I, I love it. these some some, some old old uh, names here. Uh, Eugene, the Hit Machine Lockhart. Eugene Lockhart had 
222 tackles one year is the, the record. In 1989, that team couldn't tackle, but one guy was doing it, and it was Eugene Lockhart. Doug Donnelly, back, man, had the blonde hair in the back, number 83, loved him. Ron Springs, uh, outstanding, outstanding utility player. And Dexter Klinkscale, maybe has the best name ever. Dexter Klinkscale, love that. Uh, he played uh, safety in the 80s. And uh, Gerald Sensabaugh. Gerald Sinsabal. You know, the funny thing about Gerald Sinsabal, I think the record's been broken, but he had the record at the Combine for the highest vertical leap. Uh, it was like 46 inches or something, something ridiculous. I, I think it's been broken, but a uh, very good athlete. Uh, he played uh, for the Cowboys about, what, 10 years ago. All right, phone lines are are um, not open. We have a couple of call- guys on the line. Victor from El Paso. Victor, what's up? Hey, Nick, how's it going? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just want to tell you that I enjoy the show, and uh, thank you. I'm really enjoying all the feedback and questions from the fans. It's yeah, it's good to listen to. Yeah, this is y'all's show. I, I say it every show, and I, you know, I just want to hear from you guys. So when you ask a question, I might just ask it right back and get get your thoughts. Okay. Well, my question is, I just wanted to get your thought, overall thoughts on the the NFC East. Like, mm-hmm. do you think it's going to be better? Do you think the teams are all going to be stronger in general? Or I know some of the teams made some moves and. You know, the Giants made the playoffs last year, and obviously the Eagles and us. So I just wanted to get your uh, your take on that. Yeah. And also I have an old player for you, uh, Richie Anderson. <laughs> I believe he led the team in receptions one year, if I'm not so. mistaken. Yeah, 2004. Left-handed Richie Anderson threw a touchdown against Washington on a, a Sunday or Monday night game, I remember. Um, and, and left-handed pass to Terry Glenn, I, rem- I remember. Um, Parcells loved him. He was a Bill Parcells guy for sure. So I do remember that. Those were the Parcells years right before uh, or right around the Romo time, right before Romo came in. Right, right. All right. Thanks for the call, Victor. Uh, to answer the question about the NFC East, I mean, I think it's, I mean, I think it's going to be competitive. I mean, it kind of goes up and down. You know, I mean, a couple of years ago it was the worst division in, in, in football, seemed like, and then last year was it was I think it was the best. And so I think it's going to be pretty good again. I mean, it, it always has its peaks and valleys. Um, I mean, we'll see if that the streak continues. I think we're up to what twenty years in a row we have not had a consecutive NFC East winner. I know Philly's trying to change that, but um, I think Philly's going to be really good. I think the Cowboys are going to be good. I think the Giants are, are still right there third, but they're they're probably the best third-place uh, team in the NFC East, and, and we'll find out. I mean, they, they have something to say about it. Washington, their defense is still is still going to be good, and when you have a good defense, that travels. We saw that w- with uh, Philly last year. They, their first loss was at home against Washington, so they're always going to be tough because they, they, they have – um, a really strong defense. So I, that, those guys right there, I think, are going to are going to be really good. All right, another phone call. I think Geo on the line. Is that who we got? Geo. G from Jersey, Nick. Oh, what's up, so, man? Uh, I'm good, brother. Listen, I got two quick questions for you. Uh, you've been around the boys forever. <laughs> Is this the fastest Cowboys offense you've seen? I mean, we've got wide receivers yeah. like burners, yes. like Cooks. Uh, Lamb and then the halfback position with Pollard and Vaughn. Uh, you had Turpin in there, and then our tight ends now, uh, they're faster than what we've usually had, right? With Schultz sure. and uh, with Witten before. Um, and then my second question is, is that this division is stacked with good to elite defensive lines. Uh, does losing an elite pass blocking back like Zeke, will that hurt us this year? And how do you counter that this year i'll let you go thank you all right man thank you and uh, i love two questions that to me tie into each other 
Love that. And I don't know if you meant to do that. I'll go with the second one first because, yeah, I mean, running the ball right up the middle is going to be going to be tough. I think it's one of the reasons why Tyler Smith is playing left guard. I mean, they need that push right up the middle. It's one of the reasons that they said, uh, you know what, we do need to pay Zach Martin. Uh, weren't expecting to, but we have to. We got it. We got to shore up that middle. You got to be able to run the ball. Terrence Steele's also a really good run blocker as well. So yeah, they're going to run the football against. The, uh, they're going to try at least with, against these teams, but. If it doesn't work out, goes back to your first point, speed. Speed can uh, alleviate a lot of these uh, issues. And and sometimes when you can't run the ball right up the middle, you're going to have to take it to the outside. And what do you need for that? You obviously have to have speed. I think I think it's a great point. It is the fastest um, offense I've seen in, in a long time. I mean, because your quarterback is, is able to move more than, than the other quarterbacks that have been here. The receivers, though, just from top to bottom, you've got some 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 home run threats. Uh, running back, too, even your third running back, Deuce Vaughn, and Rico Daddles, your second running back. Tony Pollard obviously can take it to the house. So, yeah, uh, tight ends as well. I think they're, they're athletic. They've got some guys that can stretch the field. So, yeah, this is probably the most athletic offense uh, that I've seen in a long time, and I, I think that you, you're going to have to do that. You're going to need to to utilize these guys all over the field. All right, Terry from Shawnee, Oklahoma. We're going to go back to the phone line. Terry from Shawnee, Oklahoma. Terry. Yes. What's the reason up? I'm calling, I saw where the Cowboys signed two players into the uh, – I hear myself. Yeah. Uh, Hollow is one of them. And another guy, which is a, a defensive tackle. But I hadn't heard anything about him. And what positions do they really play? Yeah, I, I appreciate the the call there from Shawnee, Oklahoma. Uh, I believe that's Oklahoma Baptist University is there. It's where my mom went to school, so I, I know a little bit about Shawnee, Oklahoma. Uh, Harlow, I believe, is who you're talking about there on offense. Uh, a guard or center, actually, is a center that they, they picked up. on. He's on the practice squad. Uh, I think eventually he might be a guy that they uh, can elevate to the game. If they need it this week, it would probably be Brock Hoffman instead. And I'd have to I'd have to go look at the roster again on the, another guy that they brought in defensive tackle. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. It doesn't ring a bell. Uh, it's a practice squad player, I believe, is who, who you're referring to. Don't remember another guy that they brought in, but I, I don't think that that he's going to be somebody that will be active this week. Harlow probably won't. Um, I would think Hoffman is the one if they if they need. All right, we're gonna we're gonna keep going to the phone lines here, Maurice. Tacoma, Washington. Hey, what's up, Nick? What's up? Yes, sir. How you doing, Nick? I'm great, man. You? I'm doing great, man. It's a beautiful day. Hey, my question is, I'm still a little bit concerned about this Tyler Smith situation. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, how much does that affect the scheme and the game plan if he's not able to go? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think... Uh... I think with with if he doesn't play, I think it, you you lose a little bit of an interior strength, um, and I think that you, you're going to go more sideline to sideline. You're going to have some some stretch plays or running wide. Um, you know, I we'll see what what Edoga's got. I mean, I I've, I've said all along I thought he's a guard. I mean, they they played him in tackle. I would have. I, I he's got guard body. Like he you know he's got a. a, a that's where he played well. Uh, right before he got hurt, I believe it was with Atlanta last year. So I kind of thought he was going to be the, the the guy to compete at left guard this year if Tyler Smith 
was playing left tackle. They re-signed, uh, you know, or not re-signed, but they restructured uh, Tyron Smith and then moved um, Tyler inside. But but I think Edoga can handle it. Um, I, I don't think you change that much. He's got some size and strength to him. Um, but, but I, you know, the screen game may not be the same. That's one thing about this team. I don't want to give away things, but I think they may run the screen a little bit more than, than we've seen in the past, which hasn't been a great screen, screen pass team since Dorsett was doing it back in the day, really. But, but I, I think that they have the, the, the players on the team now going back to the last call with the speed. I, I think that the, this could be something that, that we see a little bit more screen passes. And, and if that's the case, you do need those athletic guys to get out there in space and, and pull. All right. The phones are, phone lines are going in. Bob from Grand Valley. Bob, what's up? Hey, Nick. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. How are you, Bob? I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, uh, you know, the uh, Giants are not going to have an advantage despite having an extra man in the backfield Sunday night because that extra man in their backfield is going to be one number 11, 11. one Mr. Michael Parsons. <laughs> He's going to live back there, huh? Hey, it, uh, and what that's going to do is not only uh, him making sacks and pressuring the quarterback, that pressure that he's going to put on the quarterback is going to lead uh, Mr. Jones to make no, uno numero mistakes. <laughs> and uh, I think our, our secondary is going to feast off of that, and they're going to really come up with some turnovers. That's what I got for you, buddy. All right. Have a great day. Enjoying Pre- your show. Thank appreciate you. that. Thank you so much for the call, uh, Bob. Uh, I did get a, a text line question about that Dan from Philly. Uh, he, he said not worried as much about Barkley, more worried about uh, Daniel Jones scrambling on broken plays to extend the the drive. So, yeah, Daniel Jones can can make some plays, and, and that's one thing Mike McCarthy said, that, that Trey Lance was actually used uh, in on the scout team and, and kind of able to to simulate a little bit of what, what Daniel Jones can do. He's probably a little better athlete, but, but, but you know, I, I think Jones is good um, at, at those type of plays, broken plays where, where, you know, it's wide open there in the middle and he can go and slide and get your first down and all that stuff. Um, Micah Parsons, I think that's going to be the, the key is, is how they, how they go, you know, away from him at times. That's why it's so important for him to be able to rush really from three spots. He needs to rush from left side, right side, and sometimes up the middle because that is going to be the first read. I remember uh, there was a game way back in the day where the Patriots played the Ravens. I think it was in the playoffs, and, and it's been it's been you know well documented that that on on Brady's wristband it said find twenty every play. Talking about Ed Reed, uh, probably need to find Ray Lewis too, but find twenty every play, and Red, uh, Ed Reed would go all over the place. I don't think anyone's going to just write that on their on their you know armband, but find eleven on every play is got to be something that Daniel Jones and every other quarterback has to has to to realize because he's going to be that much of a difference maker all over the place. All right, uh, a little bit on overtime here. We'll see if we got any more calls. Um, we got some some throwback players though from um, Steve in Vermont. He said, "What about Kevin Ogletree? Especially since we're playing the Giants this week." You know, that's one of my favorite stories, honest. I Actually, in the the book that I wrote, If These Walls Could Talk, it was one of the stories in there on Kevin Ogletree in the 2012 game. It was the Wednesday night game, the only time we've ever played on a Wednesday night. And uh, to open the year, they had just won the Super Bowl. Kevin Ogletree's brother, I believe, was was um, in the hospital and in, in New Jersey because that's where he was from. That day... 
that that Wednesday afternoon, he went and visited him in the hospital, and then he comes back and has the greatest game of his career. Without a doubt, I think he had two touchdowns. Uh, he had a huge third down conversion to win the game. I mean, that was that was the Kevin Ogletree game, if there is one, and uh, he he won that game. And that's why it's so exciting about a game like this here on you know to to start the season because you know we we wrote an article yesterday. The X factors: it's Micah, it's Dak, it's Daniel Jones, it's Barkley. It's going to be someone else. It's going to be someone else is going to make a huge play. Damone Clark's going to have an interception or a forced fumble or something something big. You know, that's that's what makes this thing so exciting. You don't really know who who's going to do it. Who's going to make that play? It's going to be somebody. And and um, you know, and hopefully for the Cowboys, it's 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 someone you know like who's this year's Kevin Ogletree. You know, maybe it's Jalen Tolbert. Boy, wouldn't that be a great story? All right. Phone line again. This is Marquise from Alexandria, Virginia. Hey, Marquise. 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 What's up, Nick? Sorry about that. Mark, Marquise no Bell. Problem. Yeah, it messes me up a little bit. All right. <laughs> Marquise. Hey, um, I think we all know D-line, O-line are very big, but I think a real key factor will be our, how we utilize the middle of the field with our slot receivers or running backs out the backfield to slow down that pass rush. But I think for us, our biggest key on defense is going to be our nickel corner. Bland or Jordan Lewis because they're going to try to get the ball out of their hands quickly. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to know trying to go to Diggs, trying to go to Gilmore, almost going to be a waste of time. That pass rush is going to be coming. So I'm sure the game plan is going to be to get the ball out of Jones's hands quickly. So our nickel corners are going to have to really be good. And Van Der Esch and Clark are going to really have to yeah. cover those flats. But I really am looking forward to the game. I like your new show. I appreciate and, uh, it. That's all I got Thank you. Thank you, man, Marquise. And I, I can tell you this. Uh, he played football. Marquise played football, and he probably played in the slot because that, his keys for the Cowboys' offense is the slot receivers and also on defense is the slot corner. And and, and that's – and he's – He's right because because that's that's where the game happens. That's where it's so fast. That's where you know you can do everything you want to protect the outside, uh, protect the corners. They have a sideline to help. There's inside slot cornerbacks. Those, they have no help, and, and and you're going up against. And you know I think gone are the days where you're just going up against the. Azakim or something like that in the slot. That's a short little guy, possession guy, or Wayne Corbett. No, no, no. These these studs, these C D Lambs and AJ Browns and all the all the top receivers, they line up all over the place. And so, you know, it, it really puts a lot of pressure on your slot corner. And Deron Bland, I think they found somebody special there. Um and Jordan Lewis is, is really good at it as well. But I think Deron Bland's a guy that they're gonna have in here uh for a long time to to be playing in, in the slot. And the same goes the the other ways with the Cowboys because Brandon Cooks can line up inside we've seen Gallup do it at times in CD as well so that that's going to be a big matchup there I know the Giants are really excited about their guy Dory Jackson this year they think he's going to have it take it to another level well we're going to find out because you know you, you go up against CD Lamb to start the year all right the phone line again Joe in Florida hey how's it going man what's up Joe not uh, too much, man. Long time listen. I loved you guys. I loved you on the break, man. So I really love love your your new new show here. Thank you. But I, I have a, appreciate. It. I have a quick question. Um, I'm always curious about why the NFL, pretty much every other sports league, makes makes it knowledgeable to the public on what a player gets paid. I'm always curious about that because your job, my job, everybody else's job, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering why why that why that is. Well, I think I think the the reason why it is is because of it, your 
you have a salary cap that, that that everybody can can pull from. Everybody knows what the salary cap is, and everyone has the same amount. So really, it's not so much. I, I don't I don't know if it's so much about the players. It's also about the management of the the, the team and the GM and how they structure things and 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 why. And and, and it probably all stems from the fact of back in the day, early parts of the salary cap. Like, why would this team cut this player? Why would the 49ers get rid of Joe Montana or the Cowboys ever cut Troy Aikman? I mean, that's what I would guess. And then it's like, well, well, we didn't. We love Troy Aikman. He's going to be in our Ring of Honor, but it's because of this. It's because of, look, look at the salary. Look, look. And I think I think that's kind of where it all where it all stems from. I mean, it's also the the, the structure of the team. Uh, you're right. It's 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 different. But then again, everything's different between what we're making and what they're making and 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 you know and you know I think I think when when you have ticket prices the way they do for for the fans I mean I think the fans feel obligated to to kind of know that I there's probably more stories behind it it's the first time I've actually been asked that question so you kind of got me on that one but but I you know that's what I would think it would more to justify some of the moves that they made um from the front office uh, positions all right uh, another caller Irwin in Denver Erwin, what's up? Hey, Nick, what's going on? Not much, man. How are you? Doing, doing great. Hey, I got a, I got a question for you. I just want your thoughts on this. Always think about these preseason games and the fact that uh, McCarthy doesn't play the starters. Just kind of wondering what you're thinking about um, this Sunday night when they come out there and play. Are they how rusty are they going to be? In particular, Dak Prescott because. It seems to me like the other teams, for the most part, place their starters over a little bit, and then we don't. They get into that first game, and they just look sluggish, rusty, and out of sync. What do you think? You know, you you have a good point because of last year. I mean, you, you have that to you you can point to. I mean, they scored three points against Tampa, you know. And, and we saw at the end of the year just how the Cowboys – were related to Tampa, way better of a football team. Um, and, and they did not look good. Dak did not look good at all in that game. Um, you know, and, you know, you go back to 2021, Dak didn't do anything. He had been out. He, he, he didn't even practice because he had like a armpit injury or whatever that was, an arm injury. And, and they go out and, and he throws for about 400 yards and, you know, they lose 31-29. But I thought the offense played well. 2020, there wasn't preseason because of uh, COVID. In 2019, they scored 35 points against the Giants uh, in, in week one and, you know, looked good doing that. And we year before that, eight points at Carolina. And I go back to five years because since Romo got hurt in that Seattle game, I don't think they've really used the, the, the starters a whole lot. I mean, maybe here and there. Um, another counter to that, too, is think about in the postseason when, when a team takes a week off. Uh, at the end of the year, end of the year, because they've already locked something up, and then they have a bye, and then and then they go into the playoffs, and we're all what, what are we always talking about? We're like, well, what happens? I mean, the rust factor. It's been two weeks; they haven't done anything. Well, even if you played the last preseason game, you still have two weeks. I mean, it's still two weeks off. So the risk reward just isn't there for me. You could play, you could play your starters. For three straight games, you're still going to have two weeks off, really two and a half weeks off, because those are usually Thursday games at the last one, Thursday or Friday, and then and then you know you still got to deal with that. So for me, it, it, it I hear what you're saying, and and you, you got to hope that the Cowboys can kind of fight through that in, in the first 
quarter or so. But I think most teams are going to have that that rust factor, uh, ex- except for Kansas City. They just don't have any of that issues, which is which is good for them. All right, uh, another caller here, Dave in Apopka, Florida. Dave, what's up? Hey, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing well. Hey, Nick, I got a, a special teams question for you, and I've asked people this question before. Why don't they put Deuce Vaughn on the punt team in the backfield with the punter? He is so short they couldn't see him, and I thought think that they lost an opportunity during the preseason to use him as a fake. You just have him run left or right, run up the middle, do a fake pass or something like that. I think that'd be great if the Cowboys special teams coach could uh, incorporate something like that. What do you think? Well, I think that if if there's a, a fake to be had on special teams, uh, you know, John Fossil's going to do it, or, or he's thinking he's he's you know laying awake at night coming up with another one. I mean. That's what he does. I mean, he's going to have some fake punts. Now, I don't know about throwing it out in the preseason unless you're just not going to do it again, unless you want to throw out fakes for the reason of, of just to try to, to, to scare teams in, in, in their coverage because that's what Fossil's done. He, he's, he's thrown so many fakes that teams that go up against them know, okay, his reputation is fake punts, so we, we, we have to stop for that, and he hardly ever does it. Um, of course, he did it in Thanksgiving against Washington, and I don't know if we've run another fake punt since then. But um, – no, I I think you know I who knows what Deuce Vaughn's you know role is going to be. I mean they they're going to have some some things for him. They'll have some wrinkles. Um, as great as that sounds, to put him back there and see what he can do. Let's see what happens when a when a, a linebacker shoots right up the you know right over the the deep snapper and he's going one on one with him at, at full speed. You know can he can he block him? Do you want him to block him uh, and, and make sure you don't have a blocked punt? So um, there's always as Bill Parcells would always say, there's two sides to the pancake there. And yeah, you can put him out there, but you also have to make sure that you block him. Um, I got it. every time I, I see text messages, but I also see calls. When I see calls, I, I'm sorry, I, I lean towards the calls because that's what makes the show uh, fun, in my opinion. Chris in San Angelo, what's up, Chris? I'm doing well, Nick. Hope you are too. Are you a, are you a Rams fan over there? I'm not 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 L.A. Rams. A- 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 ASU, absolutely. Okay, all right. Well, that's a uh, you know, that's a rival to my school, Mid- Midwestern national, State. National national champions last year. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So uh, we'll see what my Midwestern State Mustangs can do uh, there against the the Rams. All right. What's all your right, question? We will. We? Um, my question is, you know, the Cowboys uh, after some cuts. A few of their players went to other NFC's teams, and then they ended up getting one back from the Giants. Are you any kind of believer in uh, that? Could those players could help with the uh, game planning, or do you think that's just something that's fun to talk about? I think it's fun to talk about. I really do. I I don't. I think if it was a quarterback. You know, I, I do. Do I think that when Tom Brady played the Patriots a year later, do I think that he could have helped their defensive coordinator? You know, with with some stuff or offensive coordinator. What, yes, I do. But but I don't think that certain guys that go, you know, like Dennis Houston at wide receiver, just trying to learn the, the playbook over there, the Giants. I don't know who you're referring to, but I know that was one. Right. He's right, not gonna. Right. He's not gonna help. What they're trying to do over there, like like he's not going to go into their defensive coordinator and be able to talk. To, right no, he on. needs to, he needs to figure out just how to, he can get on the field. So um, 
you know, I no, I I think it's a little bit overblown. I think there's some quarterbacks that could do it, and maybe some longtime veterans that understand what they're doing. Yeah, they, they probably can help, but maybe for somebody that you're cutting, no, it's because they couldn't pick up their own offense, but much less figure out, uh, you know, how to how to spread it to the next team. All right, I do have another call, Sam in Philly. Um, Sam, what do you got? How you doing, Nick? I'm a big fan of yours, man. I've been listening to you for a long time. I got your book right here, too. I uh, appreciate I that. Want- Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. just want to talk about the team in general. Okay. I mean, because we've been so used to, like, mediocrity for so long. And then, listen, I'm a big fan of Jerry. I love Jerry. I'm Jerry's biggest fan. But don't you see how, like, they brought in new coaches. They brought in Dan Quinn. They brought in Mike McCarthy. And there's, like, some more stability going on where they're actually winning and they're actually getting to the – Second round consistently. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. If that's if that's the question, yeah. I mean, it's not been like I don't think like I don't think that the players were necessarily the problem. Like you know, they they obviously have better players nowadays. Yeah, but they had some good teams with Romo and them. Like, I just think the coaching was terrible, and to keep Jason Garrett around for that long was like a big mistake. Well, Jason Garrett was like, I mean, Jason. You know, was it Jason Myers from, or is that, is that his name from Friday the 13th? I mean, like, or Freddy Krueger. I mean, like, you, you think it's over. Like, this is it. I mean, you're the hot seat, you know. Then he goes 12 and 4. Then he goes 13 and 3. And then there's 8 and 8. And every time you were like, I mean, really, go back and look at those years. I mean, you could make the case when he went 8 and 8, three years in a row, one of those. He could have he could have moved on, but Jerry's not trying to do that. Jerry's not trying to. He wants to build some continuity, so he's not trying to just just fire people after a year or two. So you know he's gonna he's gonna let them. And every time Jason Garrett kind of helped himself there uh, with with having a great season when he was when the hot seat was was at its hottest. So yeah. that's I I think that I think that you're you're right. The coaching could have been could have been better um, at, at times, but you know they. Jason Garrett. I think, I think that he got extremely lucky getting Dan Quinn, and I think he's sure. even luckier that he's stick that he's sticking around. Yeah, of course. I mean, look at the look what the guy does, dude. The guy took Seattle, and that team that that team was all defense, dude. Like he was the yeah. reason why they won that Super Bowl, why yeah. they got to the Super Bowl. Then he goes to Atlanta, they go to the Super Bowl. We're lucky to have that dude. And like, if he would have just picked better coaches along the way, Romo could have, you know. I'm a big Romo fan. Yeah, I'm a huge Romo fan. Well, I mean, so also it pisses me off that they had those good teams, and you know what I mean. They couldn't really do anything because they had Rod Marinelli and Jason Garrett. I I, I hear you, and and also they're, they're lucky that Dan Quinn wants to stay, and he's not looking exactly. to be a head coach right this second. So that they've been fortunate. Most of the time, you get a head coach that when the, when the when they're calling to become a head coach, you you take it. So. Um, you know, and Jason Garrett had a couple chances too, and he and he didn't. He passed, and he, and he stayed. And you know, I think Jason Garrett was a good coach, but but good coaches don't necessarily win. Great coaches, I have got to take you over the top, and and I I think that's kind of where it stands. So, all right, appreciate the call, appreciate all the calls. This was great. We had a lot of calls. We went overtime today. Uh, Cowboys breaks coming up here in just a few minutes. So if you're listening live, stay on there for for them. Uh, the, they'll be coming in here. Brian Broaddus will be probably coming in, in here in just a few minutes. So I got to get out of here. For Chris Beam, I'm Nick Eatman. We'll see you tomorrow for Cowboys Storyline. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,